walk into a certain hotel chain, I'm kind of treated like a VIP a little bit, and I can explain to you in detail a little bit more if you want to know more. I don't get any kickbacks for it. Um, but it, it just happens to be that, you know, I signed myself up, and then I signed Kelly up for these certain credit cards, and, and you know, we just charged what we needed to in order to to get the benefits of it and cancel those cards and things. And, and so, you know, through doing this, we amassed into one account 280,000 points in this certain hotel chain. And, uh, you know, and it's an amass of points that over the course of a year, you'd probably have to stay the majority of your nights in a hotel. And this is usually, you know, business travelers or people that are just kind of like living out of a hotel for, for good reasons and things. And so as a part of this, I got snookered into a timeshare presentation. It was one of these things of like, stay on the line and we'll let you know how you can get free nights at a resort. And I was like, okay. And I asked the person, is this a timeshare? They're like, no, 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 sir. We just want to give you a tour of the facility. Oh, my goodness. So I got signed up as a VIP for a timeshare presentation. And, you know, uh, we, we, we went through with it. We didn't want to have to pay for this hotel that we stayed at. You know, if we didn't sit through this presentation, we were going to have to do that. And I'm just cheap that way. So, and the lady that we sat down with, and she was like, oh, and I see you're one of our VIP guests today. And so she starts going through all these questions and things, and she's asking, so all this travel that you do, is it for business, or is it vacation? And I'm like, well, it's vacation. She's like, okay, so how often do you typically travel during the year? And I tell her, and she's kind of like looking like, okay, um, so how much do you typically budget for your traveling. She's trying to figure, you know, explain how, you know, over the course of 30 years, it makes perfect sense to spend your money on this timeshare instead. And when I, when we expressed, you know, well, we travel for a few weeks out of the year and things, she's just looking at us like, um, okay. And she just pauses and she says, I hope you don't mind me asking, but how is it you're a VIP? I just looked at her and said, I have my ways, <laughs> which embarrassed my wife for some reason. But for 2022, turning this new year, I want to encourage you to resolve to live your VIP life. Resolve to live your VIP life. Now, if there's one thing that we've seen throughout the book of Hebrews, and these verses here work as a perfect kind of little review of Hebrews as we come on the other side of the holidays, what we have seen over and over again throughout these first chapters of Hebrews is that we are not the VIP. We are not the VIP. Jesus is the very, very, very important person. In receiving the gospel, in trusting Christ as our Savior, we receive His VIP status before the presence of God. 
That is the VIP life that we are enabled to live through Christ. And so we just look at verses 19 through 22 of chapter 10 this morning. And you'll see how this is an excellent review. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, he's basically summing up his argument, his conclusion for these last nine chapters explaining all these things that we have in Christ. Then verse 22, he says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The summary idea of these verses that I want to challenge you with here this morning is this. Let your confidence in Christ lead you to live in God's presence. Let your confidence in Christ lead you to live in God's presence. It's, it's uh, as we usually see, as we plan separately the portions of this service, it, it's always a blessing for myself and the praise team to see how God brings these things together. Lori mentioned that in Ezekiel, the, the term Ichabod goes out. Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. And, it's a, and we're given a vision description of the presence of God rising up out of the temple, off of the temple grounds, and moving out, I believe, over the Kidron Valley, out to the west, departing to the east, pardon me, departing from the temple. And this was the situation that Jesus came in to minister, a temple in which the glory of God had departed from. And we are explained throughout these chapters how we can experience the glory of God. We can live in the presence of the glory of God. We can come before the glory of God ourselves in Christ. And of course, these original readers were being to explain to them why they don't need to be in the temple. As Hebrew people, as followers of Christ, they don't need the temple any longer. The last nine chapters of Hebrews has been convincing us to have confidence in the work of Christ. Have confidence in the work of Christ. And the reasons why we can and should agree to the challenges that will follow, and these are called what Pastor Jeff has called these the lettuce you know, like lettuce in a salad, the lettuce verses. But it's because over and over again it says, let us do this, let us do that. The reason why we can and should agree to those challenges that follow these verses are listed here in verses 19 through 21. It's the blood of Jesus that should give us confidence to enter the very presence of God. It's the fact that the curtain before the Holy of Holies was torn just as Jesus' flesh was torn to bribe on the cross to provide us with our access. 
us. And Jesus stands representing us before God as our great priest. And in two weeks, we'll come back and and pick these part a little bit more. You know, I ask you, what does a bungee jump rope, a parachute, and a shark cage have in common? And it's that you, you don't know... Uh, you don't know that you can trust them until you actually give them a try. And we don't see that they're truly trustworthy until we see them put to use. And in the same way, we are called to trust, to have confidence in Christ, to move forward and to find that the veil has been removed between us and him if we know Christ as our Savior. And to enter into God's presence and find God's warm reception because of our being looked at through the ministry of our great high priest Jesus. This confidence is never about us thinking that we are something special in ourselves. It is never about us being able to mark off, check off the legalistic steps that we've taken. And now, as long as we've done these these legalistic things, that means that God is going to look on us with favor. It is never about that. Our confidence is in the blood of Christ and his work as our high priest. And the result of your confidence in Christ should mean that you live in God's presence. That you live in God's presence. And I want to challenge you to that today. Live in God's presence. He says in the first application of this in verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, and our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. In two weeks, we'll unpack that a little bit more. But a major intended application of this letter that is stated several times throughout it is draw near. Draw near. The author encourages us that Christ allows us to find help in our greatest moments of temptation by our drawing near to God. As as, uh, Mark read this morning in chapter 4, verse 16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We're to draw near to God through Christ. And we've seen how the law did not give the VIP status that comes with Christ's sacrifice. We saw in verse chapter 7, verse 19, it says that the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. And that better hope is hoping in the person of Christ and Christ alone. Once again, we're challenged to come before God fully assured because of Christ. You know, there are people that are that are members of country clubs or they're members of some all all expense paid, all inclusive resort or something like that. And and it's just kind of a matter of pride. You know, it's just a a matter of uh, position. It's just a matter of being able to say, oh yeah, I'm a member of that place. 
but, but I don't go there. You know, it's just kind of like to be able to say, I'm too good for it, basically. Uh, I don't know about you, but like, if I was a member of a place, especially if I had to pay to be there, we'd be eating dinner there every night. Okay, I'm, you know, I'd be sitting there saying, I paid to do this. We, we paid good money for this kid, fill up. We, we got to make this pace, place pay, right? We, we got to come out on, you know, the positive side of this. A relationship with God is not meant to be tucked away in your wallet just to make you feel better about yourself. It's intended to be just that. It's intended to be a relationship in which we draw near to Him. The book of Galatians describes this as walking by God's Spirit or, or walking in the Spirit walking according to the Spirit. We've been given the indwelling Holy Spirit to walk by, to live by, to enjoy. And, and so God doesn't necessarily have to draw near to us when we're in a relationship with God because we have Him indwelling us. And we can turn to Him at any moment. The sad default of our sin nature is to keep God at a distance. You know, we love to watch the show uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Frank Barone, Raymond's dad, is, uh, has some pretty interesting theology. He's a character. And, and he was responding to his son's talk about prayer during one of the episodes. And, and he basically responded to him and says... You don't talk to God about that stuff. You don't bring that up. You're supposed to keep your head down. You don't want him to think that you're too happy or he might start messing with your life. And that's how, that's our sinful default of how we work with God. You know, if he he doesn't show up, I must be doing all right. You know, I, if, if there's something that I can't handle, then I go to him and I try to get him to take care of it for me. That's our sin nature at work. That is not the type of relationship that we were meant to live in. If you know Christ as your Savior, you are called to live in God's presence, to pull close to him and to find that Christ did pave the way that he said. And God truly is your Father. Let's bow our heads.